You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Good evening. Just thinking, don't slurp. <clears throat> Sorry. All right, well, welcome. It is so exciting to have you here, and senior pastors John and Joni, welcome. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to do this. Um, let me provide a little bit of context for those of you that may be new, just to unpack a little bit more about what, what Ben shared and explained. Um, this morning, John launched uh, our new sermon series called Emotions. Don't you love the slide? Ed will, be, Ed will be devastated. I've been, I've been through every single one of those emotions this afternoon. Yeah, I was, this morning I was like, which one am I? And uh, it was the one with the hands like this. <laughs> so we've kicked off a, uh, a series on emotions. So for the next three weeks, um, this week, next week, and then the week after, we are going to be unpacking, exploring, delving into our emotions, what it looks like to flourish emotionally. Um, One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life to the full, abundant life. We're asking, is it possible to have abundant life in the area of our emotions? And um, so we're thrilled to be unpacking that. John kicked it off with a brilliant message this morning. That will be on kind of all of our channels, websites, Spotify, YouTube. If you missed it, I'd really encourage you to head there this week and check it out. It was, it was such a brilliant talk. Um, you, you used the analogy of you just took the lid off the, the can, as it were, and just start the conversation. It was wonderful Um, because the evenings are going to be a little bit different. We're going to be having essentially six different talks or sessions to really help us get into emotions. Um, So we're going to talk about that tonight. Here is the, the QR code. If you've got any questions about emotions, please send them in and they will get sent through to me. Uh, We won't be able to get through all of them. Um, so if your question doesn't get answered, uh, hold on to it, and I'm sure you can ask someone later on. So this series is all about creating space to discuss, to process emotions. Um, you said a great quote this morning from kind of one of the gurus, as it were, of emotional health in, in the Christian world, Pete Scazzaro, which was this. Um, it is impossible to be spiritually mature if you are emotionally immature. It kind of frames what we're doing really, really well, trying to build a church of strong emotional health. Let me start by asking you this question. Why emotions? Why are we talking about this? Why is it important for us as a church to become emotionally healthy? We, uh, I've had a number of chats with people since um, speaking on this subject this morning, including in the steam room at the gym this afternoon for someone who doesn't know Jesus and who's horrific, I had to say, I'm, I'm about to pass out, please may <laughs> I be excused. And, um, but like him and like so many I spoke to after the service, um, two people I spoke to who don't know Jesus, this subject um, is really relevant to people. Um, 
I think it's been elevated and highlighted because of the pandemic, because I think people's emotional well-being, mental well-being has come to the fore in the, um, if we had, say, cracks in, in those areas, then I think they've been um, exposed or made more amplified, exaggerated during pressure, which is often what happens. And I think emotions is something that we, all of us are mindful of and aware of because it's just part of, a huge part of who we are. Um, but I'm not convinced we have the um, tools, the language, the processes in how to flourish well with emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been made worse actually by the church because I don't think there's loads of teaching on it mm -hmm. uh, or discipleship on it. And the whole idea is we want to disciple people well in this whole area of emotions. Yeah. And, um, and so that's really our heart's desire. We know that this is... Um, a major topic has been for us personally mm. in terms of our journey it's come to the, the fore yeah. um, and so we just want to yeah leaders go first yeah they go first with vulnerability they go first with transparency mm. and trying to help other people yeah. if we can have some breakthrough that can help others yeah would you you just reference your story you kind of shared a bit of your story and journey of the last six months or so this morning, but there'll be lots of people here tonight that don't know um, the kind of journey you took building up to the sabbatical. Could you unpack that and, and share a little bit about how this conversation kind of impacted you? Yeah. So essentially, it was actually the last time we did a Q&A on, was, was it relationships? Mm, sex. Yeah. Sex, yeah. Well, that, <laughs> I finished the next day. <laughs> Which is quite funny. Um, and yeah, I, I, I essentially suffered like burnout, um, which, you know, was spiritual, um, physical, all those things. But, you know, th there was a huge aspect to that. There was emotional burnout. Mm. And so I liken it to, you know, you're, you're driving in the car and. I don't think I, I didn't realize, you know, I was thinking this morning after my talk, I wonder how many people thought, oh, did, did, were you even aware? And I don't think I was overly aware mm. um, until I'd hit burnout and then retrospectively look back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, the, the, you know, the, the petrol tank on a car and I'd be, you know, the light had been on, I think, for a long time. And so, um, yeah, just hit a wall. Um, I mean, I had every emotion going. So, you know, that was um, high levels of anxiety, um, irrational fear, a huge sense of hopelessness um, to the point where I didn't think, um, yeah, questioned who I was in terms of my purpose and call and um, never thought I'd be able to come and lead a church again, speak, preach. Um, yeah, would have done anything, worked in a McDonald's, mm. anything other than what I was doing. Mm. Um, yeah, sense of uh, failure. Uh, yeah, just it was like an Im Im implosion, I would say. Mm. Um, 
and I just knew I'd hit a wall, I had nothing left to give. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was affecting all parts of my life. Uh, very absent emotionally from, um, particularly I, I would say my kids. I think one of the things that really hit home to me, we, we were due to have our youngest, George, in, in December after Christmas, and by this point it was, when was it? Um, early November, was it? Oh. And I kind of thought, I'm gonna be in the operating theater, well, Journey will be on the, I'll be there anyway. And I, w I, w I just would, I would emotionally have checked out. Yeah. And so that was, um, we've always said since we transitioned to take on the church that we'd always put our family first and our well-being first. And so this was really bringing that to a, to a head. Mm. Um, and for me, you know, I've been in pastoral ministry for nearly 20 years. So I've, I've essentially been doing that without much of a break. And then the last few years with uh, transition and taking on this church with COVID and, and a number of kind of personal things that have happened with us, um, it, it's been had an attritional effect where it's just like taking its toll, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, let me just say that, well, thank you for being so vulnerable. I think um, lots of attitudes in the church where actually it's not okay to not be okay and you think you have to be, if you're a Christian, you think you need to have it all together. And so to hear the senior pastor sharing that you experience these things gives, I don't know about anyone else, that gives me a lot of encouragement that you know, we can kind of go through. It's not about being perfect. It's about, yeah, so I, I just, I think that's so powerful. Um, could you talk a little bit about emotions? I've got a whole bunch of great questions coming in, and uh, I don't want to cover too much of what you shared this morning, but I think it's helpful to kind of frame what are emotions, um, how should we view emotions, uh, for the people that are there, would you talk about the two kind of extremes of how we tend to view emotions and where's the healthy middle? Yeah, without just reiterating, you know, get the talk this morning, but yeah, yeah essentially emotions are often seen in Christian circles as like something that's not to be talked about in the way that I just have done. Um, you know, a lot of... Um, leaders that get themselves into problems usually stem from a place where they've not felt like they could talk about their struggles. And so we want to break, intentionally break and smash the stigma of that, that it's okay to, you know, to share your struggles. And you always, I was always taught like, don't, you know, your private life, your private life, don't overshare. And I just think that's really unhealthy. I think um, we're here to model what does it mean to walk with Jesus through our struggles and through our valleys. Um, so that whole idea of like, you know, get a grip and just, you know, just read the Bible and pray and you'll come out of it. You know, that's great. I couldn't read the Bible, I couldn't pray for a month. It's a journey, you know, would spend many nights just praying in tongues over me at nighttime where I just, yeah, well, it wasn't in a good place. Um, and then on the flip side, emotions are everything for people. You know, emotions are a GPS. It's, it's essentially how I feel mm. is my truth. 
And that, I think that's very relevant today in our relativist, pluralistic culture, which is, look, if it feels good to me, then it's the right thing. And so there's this uh, lo loss of even a sense of responsibility and morality, uh, which is um, working its way in the fabric of our society. And we as Christians need to stand apart from that, but not to the point where we say that emotions are wrong. Mm. It's how do we come into a place of maturity with our emotions so that our emotions don't manage us. I think that's really key. Mm. So emotions are good, but they don't manage us, but we're able to manage our emotions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think those are the two camps. Great. Um, I, I said this morning, I, I kind of find myself as a millennial in the middle because being discipled in one camp and then my culture and generation has said in the other camp. So we're, we're formed by the scripts of our society as well, mm. from social media, advertising, whatever. So um, you'll notice this even with TV programs, um, the, it is essentially how, do you, how you feel is your truth. Yeah. Um, but what we don't want to say is, oh, just combat those feelings with the truth of the Bible and not give any sense to the process of our emotions or the why of where they're coming from yeah. and what's beneath the surface. Um, all of us have history. All of us have levels of dysfunction and brokenness and um and so sometimes it's about processing some yeah. of that yeah journey i've got a question for you this has come in and it's really kind of relates to what you're just sharing um question is thank you for ever asked this question how do you find the balance between feeling your emotions and letting them consume you like how how do we go about doing that that's a fair question. Um, I think <clears throat> I can only speak from my own perspective. Um, some of that's experience, some of that's textbook, some of that's just the Lord speaking. Um, but what I would say is it depends on what you do with it. You can pretend it's not there, you can suppress it. Because it's often a confusing thing, emotions. Um, it's really hard to lay your hands on it. And um, they're, they're fluctuating often. So what you might feel intensely in one situation, half an hour, a good meal, sleep later, it might be completely different. Or it might not. Um, and so it's really hard sometimes when you've got such variable, intense things going on inside your head and, and your heart. Um, but, but again, I think it comes down to, are you submitting them to God? Whatever happens in this life, we can always choose to submit them to God. And, and like John said, it's not so much about quoting enough bumper sticker Bible verses at you until, you know, yeah, that's truth. I, I, I admit, you know, I, I can understand that that is truth. However, at the moment that you're rock bottom and you're grieving and you're crying out and you need help, you're desperate, it's, it, that doesn't feel like much help, really, if I'm being really honest. And I think, you know, when we submit our feelings and our thoughts and everything to Jesus, he meets us where we are. He doesn't expect you to, oh, yeah, you know what, I'll talk to you when you're a little less complicated. Or actually, mm, that's a bit like hard work. Nah, I'm out. Like, that's not who God is. 
He's so invested in everything about you, your heart, your, your, everything you think, everything you ever will think or do. Um, and so I think it's very much a case of submission and saying, God, look, I'm, I'm just being real. Today is just awful. It's been awful for six months. I'm not sure it's ever going to be not awful. And just being really real with, with, with God about things and say, I, I need your perspective here, God, because right now, I, I don't like what I'm thinking. I don't like what I'm feeling. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel peaceful. It doesn't feel hopeful. Um, I know you made me with emotions, but these are, these, are, these are pretty savage right now. So can you please help? But also speaking to people that are for you, speaking to your support system, that's your, your loved ones, your family, your friends, your, your home group leaders, these, these kind of people that are absolutely for you is, is an utter lifeline because when you're in the thick of it, you need someone that can call out truth over you and say, do you know what, you're not made for this. Let's get you some help. What can I practically do for you? How's your washing? Is it, you got like 10 loads, don't you? Let me help you out with that. Like you need someone that's going to be really real with you and that won't just let you kind of... Sat in, sit, sat in the dirt for far too long. I'm not saying you don't sit in the dirt once in a while, but they don't let you just stay there. They say, you know what, come on, let's, let's, get, let's get further along than this, because I know you can. I know we will. Um, and sometimes you need to kind of lean on someone else's faith and strength when you don't have any of your own. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, I think mm. it, yeah, that's a lot of words. Mm, no, so that's I don't so let me good. Talk that's so good. I just want to pick up on something that Jenny just said, and that was um, support system. And just to be really real in that, uh, one of the hardest things I found was Jenny was going to talk to my parents and saying that I was having some time off. And my parents are Christians, they're amazing, they're, yeah, inspirational in every way, but I found that, again, very, very hard. Um, yeah, it took a lot for me to go around to the house and say, look, I, I need to tell you I'm not, I'm not doing too well. Um, you know, my parents are get, you know, getting on in, in their age as well, so it's, it's, again, it's that background noise of, um, I know that I want them to know that I'm doing okay in life. Um, so that was quite hard. Uh, but, you know, if you, you know, have a that little bit of courage and just say what you need to say then. And so it's great actually, my mum listened to the talk this morning on the live stream, which is wonderful. Mm. And she was just telling me this afternoon, um, yeah, how she was just like blown away and just was really thankful for my honesty. Mm. Uh, that's actually the first time she'd really talked about it since I told her. Mm. Um, I could tell they were concerned. Um, so, yeah. I think that often is the lie that the enemy wants you to just fixate yeah. on, is that they won't understand, they might blame you, they come up with a bunch of reasons why you just need to pull your socks up. Um, and actually, you're probably the only one going through this, aren't you supposed to be leading this church? So like, what are you on about? Like, that, those are the lies that you're isolated, it's just you, no one else feels like this. Why can't, what's wrong with you? Why are you like this? Like, what do you do? Like, what do you need to confess? Like, a million and one thoughts instantly flood your mind, and they're lies. They are total lies, which is why you need the support of someone to say, whoa, none of that is true. None of that is real. That's not you. That's not God. That's not his truth. And just to kind of speak some truth into some situations sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a game changer, actually, if you think about it. 
the majority, I'm talking like 90 plus percent of the things, the narratives I was believing, which propels certain emotions, because it's all linked mm. with your mind, were absolute untruths. Yeah. I mean, that's just unbelievable, isn't it? So it's a, it's a, that just communicates to me and us how much you do have to get truth and get those strongholds dismantled in your mind. So good. I'd love to um, talk for, for a moment about social media and technology. So especially this kind of emerging generation, um, Gen Z, many, many kind of students in the room, and then younger, and this is kind of thing important to think about when, for those that are parents, we're in a fascinating cultural moment where the emerging generation are digital natives. So, um, you know, you're really a social experiment, many of you guys here, because there's never been a generation raised amongst so much technology and social media, so much uh, connection digitally available at our hands. Kids at younger and younger ages are being given phones, and, and um, they're more connected than ever before, and yet the emerging generation is, is lonelier than ever before, more anxious, more insecure, more addicted than ever. And so how, as Christians, should we view and navigate this kind of intersect between technology and our emotional health? Like, how should we manage social media? I think it would be not unfair to say that social media can very much become an addiction. Same as anything else, you can be addicted to a substance, a behavior. Um, it's a hit. And it's a hit on your mind. Um, time after time, you see something, you either agree with it, you don't agree with it, swipe whichever way you want, depending on the app. And it, it's gone in an instant. Or, or that's what you think, at least. Um, you can you can see so many more images in one you know 24-hour period than we ever could at you guys' age, um, and that can be really positive, or it can be really negative. But it doesn't have to just be either or. We're not saying <laughs> burn your iPhones tonight, or you know, or anything like that. But I think you have to be smart about your own tendencies like some people just have like very addictive behavior like that's just the personality they just whatever they see it's great they cling on to it and that's the best thing to the next best thing um, and then other people just are pretty much yeah they're not that bothered really it's yeah it's a fun thing to kind of flick through some interesting topics now and again but they're really not that bothered um, I think something that's quite interesting about um, technology so the, the convenience of it all is it's almost like you're putting out there your opinion, but it's not just your opinion, everyone gets to see it. So it's almost like you're having your first day of school all the time. You're the first one in the room, everyone can see you. Are you dressed right? Do you look, what about your, do you smell? Do you, you're okay, you brush your teeth, yeah, cool. Um, everyone's looking at you. We just kind of, like so they've, said, they've said their opinion and now you've replied and now everyone's having a look at it. They're not agreeing with it, they're really coming at you and you've got to face them tomorrow or when you go downstairs with your flatmates or when you go to the next lecture or at your job or whoever and sometimes you don't even know these people and I think it can be really dangerous to be overly invested in other people's opinions to the level that it alters your peace 
to where it alters your mindset of who you are, your identity. It really chips away at what you know to be true um, just because enough people are seeming to say the same thing and you start to think, wait on a minute, well, have I got it wrong? Well, what if I am wrong? Well, what if they're right? Well, there's enough people saying the same thing. What if, what, you know, what if I'm the, the, you know, the odd liar? What if I'm the, just the one that doesn't make any sense here? And you really start coming unglued a little bit. Um, and so I think it's really, really helpful to be quite regimented with, with, with what you allow your spare time to. Um, if it's the first thing you play with when you wake up, if it is the last thing you need to check real quick right before you go to bed, if you can't go to the toilet without your phone, we might have a problem. <laughs> um, you might be overly invested um, because they don't care anywhere near about you as you think. Like, you might think that, well, I just need to check and see if they've replied or if they've liked it or if they've unliked it again or if they've accidentally deep-dived and found something from four years ago. Like, you, you really don't need to be that invested sometimes. Um, but that's the lie. That's the lie. What, what if I miss out? What if someone gets said something and I, and I missed it and they delete it and then I never get to see it? You know, and I think that's the thing. We never, we never struggle with that, like, really. 20 years ago, we were on, like, LimeWire. <laughs> like, nobody even knows what that is now. I don't, like, I, I don't know what you're on about. We used to download things <laughs> instead of pay for LimeWire, what's now. that? Well, yeah. You don't go want to know, Joni. Joni's American, so... Yeah, we may have that in the States, and you guys didn't have that. Anyways, we had loads of stuff that we dealt with that you guys never deal with, and, and so much stuff that you guys deal with that blows our minds. And, and I think now, you, you, now is the opportunity to get it right, because there's so many generations. Like you said, you guys are the guinea pigs, more or less. Like, we didn't grow up always having the internet. There was this weird dial-up that we had to wait for, and if someone picked up the phone, we got chopped off. Um, and you guys have never experienced that, but one opportunity to get it right. Like, yeah, of course you're gonna mess up. Who doesn't when you're trying something new? But that doesn't mean you just chuck it all out. Like, because there's so many generations coming up behind you that are gonna say, why? Like, what, what, what was this like fatigue that we never, we never had like this adrenal fatigue just from, you know, Insta, what? Like, that's not a thing. But these people are gonna come up behind you and say, how did you deal with that? What did you do? What was, what was your lesson? What would you tell yourself 20 years ago? Because that's what this is for us. Like, we're 40, we're old. Like, what would you tell yourself? What are you learning now? Yeah, thanks. Do you wanna Again, I say a lot, they don't let me talk. Um, well, w w w you know, when I had my sabbatical, you know, I completely came off all of that stuff, and so I, f I found it really helpful, to be honest. Um, kind of taking that break, uh, I think, it could be really unhealthy, to be honest. Uh, it could be like a poison you don't even know you're drinking. Um, it's. Um, I think the question you've got to ask yourself, again, it comes down to asking yourself some serious questions. Um, and it's to do with, does this thing control you? Are you a slave to it? Or, or are you truly walking in freedom? And I think the key to freedom is you have the ability to choose. Um, but if, if the consumption of social media is um, controlling you through things like, you know, the fear of missing out or, or whatever that is or um, that hit that you have like any drug is similar to that um, 
then, yeah, I think the best thing is to, is to break the power of that and to take time off that and set yourself boundaries. I think boundaries are very, very key. Uh, I think the mature Christian is someone who thrives and lives in boundaries. Um, so then, yeah, thinking about our kids, for instance, so our older two um, are uh, 15 and 14. So they both have phones. Yeah, you look at me like, right? I was just checking because one has just had a birthday. The, um, <laughs> but they're not allowed social media. And I don't think we will let them. We're regularly the worst parents ever made, you know. And I think that there's a time and a place. I'm not saying, like, don't let your kids have social media till they're 18 and hope for the best. But I just think that it's an age-appropriate thing. Same as I just don't let, you know, Poppy go see a, you know, a, a film that's, you know, an 18 and she stays out till half 11 and just hope for the best. Like, that's just not going to happen, you know? And I'm not saying that kids aren't going to test boundaries. They're not going to screw it up. You're not going to have some lessons to be learned and some times of instruction. But I think something that is so key is failure is not forever. Just because you screwed up once doesn't mean like you can't get it right later. So you might switch your phone off. We're not saying like delete your accounts. We're just saying be sensible with it because the world would have them believe that they need a smartphone and they need all of the, they, that, you know, they, they're gonna be TikTok famous by year six. And we're just like, no, you're not. Like, what? Like, you don't need a YouTube account. What? You know, these aren't things that, that we dealt with, but these are the things we are dealing with now that, that our kids are kind of of the age. And it's okay to put your foot down and say, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with being, you know, tyrant mum that didn't get it like that's okay because I want you to be sane I want your emotions to be healthy I want your mental thoughts to be grounded an identity firmly rooted in Jesus when you leave our house I don't care if you know I'm the most unpopular mum ever that's okay I'm all right with that great so good right I've got a bunch of questions that I want to do a bit of a quick fire round um on, emotion, Quick fire, on emotional health. Um, before, before, yeah, so this doesn't have to be a quick fire question because I, I, just, I think this is really important. We had a question about anxiety. John, you shared about your kind of journey with it. Anxiety will be something that many of us here in the room wrestle with to one degree or another. What do we do with anxiety? Any top tips, any wisdom? Does Jesus offer us help in our anxieties? What are some maybe healthy or unhealthy things to do if, if, we're, if we've got anxiety? And I know anxiety looks like a million different things for a million different people. But. Yeah, it's a big subject, and we will be covering this a bit more next week. Um, it's really difficult. I got some ideas. Right. Um, so the good news is Jesus is the only one that's going to pull you out of your funk sometimes. And the world needs to know that because they don't have it. And they're going to be searching. If it was as easy as reading a self-help book, the whole world would be sorted by now. But they're not because that's not where you're going to find your peace. Jesus is. And that's what we have. That's the hope we offer to the world. And I'm not saying that you can just read the entire Bible six times in one sitting and your anxiety is just going to poof, go. That's not how it happens. Um, however, there's plenty of things that God's given us as 
good wisdom, principles, understanding as to how to combat anxiety. So if you find yourself triggered by a particular situation, the smart thing is to think it through and maybe next time don't go near that situation, talk to somebody. The worst thing you can do is keep it bottled up and pretend like it didn't happen and that you're the only one because that's the shame that the enemy would like to keep hold on you. Talk about that. You know, as far as your anxiety levels, um, get good sleep. You know, if you're going to bed constantly after half, you know, half 11, 12, 12 30, regularly, you know, having to get back up, trying to do life in the morning, it's just never going to happen. Um, you know, what are your rhythms like? Are you binging on Netflix till four in the morning? Like, who's that helping? Did you really need to know the ending of that? It's, it's, I'm not going to delete it, probably. Like, you can watch that anytime. Um, what's your eating like? Are you actually taking any exercise? It's a massive thing that John will talk about probably at some point, but, like, are you getting any sunlight? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find sometimes in the UK, but are you even outside at all, fresh air? Like, these are just rhythms that, that are just going to help your body. You actually will jumpstart your, your insides. The, the science of it will bore you with later, but it's actually really good for you. It's, it's not just, here, go to the GP, swallow a pill, and it's just going to be mad better because sometimes that does not work I'm not saying there's anything wrong with medicine please don't hear me wrong if you know my background that's not what I'm saying but there is no like silver bullet there's no magic pill that's going to like fix this it's going to be a lifelong comprehensive holistic approach at living well um and sometimes, you know, the pandemic has obviously triggered everybody to some extent, and everyone has been affected by it, but not everyone is dealing with it in the same way. Not everyone is reacting in the same way. Not everyone is suffering quite the same way. And some people are more than others because they've got different backgrounds. They've got different things that has happened in their lives. And so I would very strongly urge you, if you're sinking, if you are coming down with a ship, come find me, a pastoral member of staff. We will talk it through. I've got some ideas. We will show you the steps, how to get out of this, because we, we were at the bottom. We were like, we don't want to do this anymore. This is not what we signed up for. And yeah, we, we found some things that are very, very helpful beyond just the handful. That's great. That was a great answer. I don't think you need to say anything. Uh, no, I do. <laughs> no, but I do. I do. It's worth saying before you do that your background is in psychology. Yes, yes. Yeah. So and so you've, you've talked and thought a, a lot. About, yeah. 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 So that's so, so helpful, and I'm sure there's lots more that is um, there. John? Um, yeah, the reason why I was struggling just is, it, it's kind of, it's not something I find you can give three top tips. Mm -hmm. And Journey's alluded to it, so let me just kind of re-emphasize. As pastors, so just for us, talkers, but also as Christians, you will have trouble and trials and testing and the spiritual warfare and all these things. We, we just live in a fallen world. But as pastors, we essentially help people in crisis um, most of the time. That's, our, that's what we do. And um, is it crises or crisis? Crisis is plural. Crisis is singular. Oh, what's the answer? Is it... I don't know what you're going with this. Crisis uh, is Multiple fine. crises. <laughs> we all, crisis get, we all get what you mean. Crisis. Yeah. They're all like, um, some are small, some are big. Okay. And so if you're running on full capacity in life in general with not healthy rhythms or habits and you're dealing with one crisis after another, what happens when there's like a major crisis comes? You have essentially no margin to deal with it. So the absolute key is, is that 
when you're not facing big crisis is to live at a level which is actually within your maximum. So you have boundary lines, but actually learn to live within them. So I, I'd say I was like 100%, and now I've made a conscious decision just in life, in ministry and everything, I'm, I'm never gonna go beyond 80%. Because when a curveball comes, you gotta make sure you have margin in life to deal with it, essentially. Mm. So actually, anxiety isn't to do with, there's, there's management of anxiety, which is, we can, we can both do tips on that, you know. I have a therapist, I have medication. Um, I talk to people regularly. Uh, I work, you know, go to the gym, good sleep, good eating, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, tick, tick, tick. Um, have fun, things that you enjoy doing. Um, but actually it's about the cause and the root and about living life at a pace that's sustainable with healthy margin. Yeah. And if you could do that, it will help you in your journey of anxiety. That's good. That's great. Okay. Couple minutes, quick fire questions. Sorry. Sorry for the No, 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 it's all good. It's all good. Uh, quick fire questions. Um, often when I'm at an emotional low, I look for ways to escape, and that often looks like pizza hot, which is an amazing. Is that ever a good thing? And uh, <laughs> McDonald's. McDonald's. How do you escape? No, is it ever a good thing to look for those escapes? And like, what do we do when we're feeling? There's nothing wrong, of course, with doing things like that. Um, but it's about whether it's like an idol and a dependence. Mm. And if you turn to anything other than Jesus and healthy things mm. in order to process that, yeah. then I think that's a problem. But um, the first thing that Joni and I did when we had our sabbatical is I said to Joni, I said, I just need to get out, out of hole, basically. So I went and had, we had three days and three nights with um, our good, well, our close friends, Jonathan and Nikki Abbey at York Vineyard. And just people who know us, who love us, who will just pray for us. And just, that was three days of just, um, yeah, being real, talking, crying, watching net movies together, eating great food. Just, it was just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, if I'm honest, I'd not enjoyed, or I actually probably watched, I've had a journey, a movie for a very long time. I couldn't tell you the last time I actually watched a film, and that is a signal. You know, I was telling you this morning about emotions being signals, and I actually think that's, that's really unhealthy. And w one of the things I did, I really enjoyed watching films in my sabbatical. Mm just to be able to enjoy them and not feel guilty about watching them, like I should be doing something more productive with my time. Mm. So I think um, we need to give a lot of grace for ourselves when we're going through difficulty, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with comfort. I think it's when it becomes a control for you. Yeah. You know, pizza hot, great. If it's there every day, you might want to have a salad now and again, but have some pizza hot, you know? Just um, don't replace one vice to, to don't, you know, don't, don't replace one hit with another, you know, that's not Jesus. Like, Hannah? Yeah, <laughs> she said it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like a shift for me, like this afternoon, doing, uh, doing a, a talk, you have adrenaline high, and then you've got to watch for your, your lulls, all these kind of things, you've got to monitor about yourself. 
and um, because that's the greatest place of temptation. It's really easy just to kind of like, oh, constantly like watch TV, numb, numb or whatever. Mm. You're emotional, like feeling drained. So this afternoon I went to the gym, did 40 lengths, and that is really helpful. I think of the, that's of the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 40 lengths, that's funny. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. That's actually really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, I think there's healthy ways to <laughs> let off steam. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I had a quote once where someone said, um, a well-rested person is very difficult to tempt. Yeah. That's a powerful life principle. It wasn't meant to be a joke. A <laughs> well-rested. So today at lunchtime, I was, I was tired. I put Ivy down for a nap, and then I put... Hannah down for a nap and put myself down for a nap. <laughs> yeah. Wake up more tired. That's the thing about naps. Anyway, um, we're, we're at quarter past seven. This was when we were shooting to finish. Anyone else texting? Or? Okay, yeah, I mean, we can go as long as you want. Here's a great question. A couple more minutes. Uh, ang- anger. Complex emotion. Is it okay to be angry? Is there ever a good time to be angry? How do we do that? 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Um, it talks about not letting your uh, basically don't go to bed in your anger but that's more that's not like saying that. so when Joni and I not that we ever do this do we darling have an argument that when the clock strikes midnight we've got to just alright you know forget it no it's not about that it's about keeping it in the light the problem when anger gets out of hand is when it goes inward and suppressed because that leads to all sorts of issues, outbursts, bitterness, dysfunction, all these kind of things. Um, so uh, it's, if, if there's an anger there, and you've got to work out, is it a righteous one or an unrighteous one? What's, again, the, the why, what's it stem from? Mm. And um, keep it in the light. Mm. So through confession, through help, all those kind of things. Mm. Um, and yeah, get some healing on it. Yeah. I have a... I remember we were playing FIFA once and I got so angry I had to, <laughs> I had to leave. <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's the, the point of like righteous and un- unrighteous anger is important. Like if God didn't get angry at child abuse or like trafficking, we'd be like, well, you don't really care. Um, and, you know, I, I was reading the story of, uh, you know, when Jesus got angry at the, the injustice in the temple where they were yeah. taking advantage of the poor and selling offerings. And there's a line where it says, and Jesus made a whip. So Jesus' anger was not like, it wasn't like a super emotional, like he just mm. flipped out. He had to sit down and make a whip in order to do it. So it was like Jesus was fully in control of his emotion of anger it was never out of control. Yeah. And sometimes it can get out of control. Well, it's got to be redeemed, doesn't it? Look at Moses, you know, with the murder, that was anger not redeemed. Mm. But he, he was used in, with his character traits mm. in order to do what he did. Same with Apostle Paul. So it's all about what could be redeemed um, through those things. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, to be honest, we've got, we've got a whole bunch of other great questions. I'm not sure we've got time for them. Okay. We'll have to do a part two. It's so, it's so yeah. good. I think our, what we'd like to stress, like we said this morning, is I think the first step with our emotional health is to, is to share and to talk with yeah. someone and, and just to be recognize that our emotions are signals and 
therefore they're probably communicating something to you. Um, And so I think, yeah, definitely invite God into your emotions. Don't say, well, shut him out because he can't be anywhere near my struggles with anger or lust. But actually that's, he knows all about that anyway. You're not deceiving God. Um, He went to the cross for us. So it's kind of, he wants to help us um, go on that journey, but also to help get the help with other people. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think one of the things that is so important about this series and us kind of sharing such, you know, profound life altering times that we've had in our lives is, is to kind of say to other people, it's okay to talk about this stuff. Um, we are, we 100% do not subscribe to the notion that, you know, if you just, um, what, what, what have you done in your life uh, that's so wrong? What's, what's the sin that is causing you to be so frustrated that you keep lashing out? Or what's the, you know, what do you need to confess that, that, that is bringing about this anxiety? Why can't you just get a handle on it? We, we seriously do not subscribe to the idea that, you know, negative emotions or poor mental health or anything that you might be struggling with has is, is got something to do with, you know... Um, you know, it's, it's just a constant demonic attack, so let's just pray harder. Don't see the GP. Let's, you know, we, we 100% believe that God wants you to be whole, and um, we, we, it's not a blame culture. It's not, well, what did you do? If you just just confess it all, then you're just going to instantly feel, feel loads better. Like, yes, obviously, there's time and place to confess your sins, um, but we are here for you. We want you to know that it's okay to admit that you're struggling or actually that you're, you've been struggling for, for a long time with some very, very real stuff. Um, maybe that you're on the brink of, of burnout and um, you didn't think that was an option to tell people because that was going to be a weakness or a failure on your part, but we're here to say that's not the case. We'll listen. We'll love you. There's not going to be any shame about, you know, there's nothing that you can say that's going to shock us. Believe you me, we've heard it all. <laughs> Um, so yeah, well, you're more than welcome to come and be real with us. Mm, yeah, this is a safe space to process, and this is a journey. It's a journey that, for many of us, will start today, and um, we're working really hard behind the scenes at kind of taking a pastoral structure in terms of how to build healthy Jesus followers, um, which we're going to be talking about in a couple of weeks' time, and then unpacking uh, kind of over summer, ready for a September launch. Um, but yeah, we're, we're super committed as a church to, to going on this journey, creating safe spaces for you to chat. It is okay not to be okay, and uh, we want to help. So please do reach out. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.